Hi, welcome to Go Ahead, Write Something, the podcast for writers who want motivation and the nitty gritty about getting published and how to find joy in writing your stories and sharing them with the world. I'm Tessa Smith-McGovern, author and instructor on Zoom for the Writing Institute, Sarah Lawrence College, as well as two free weekly writing sprints for the Westport Library's Westport Writes program. And I'm Patricia Dunn, a.k.a. TM Dunn, and I'm a published author, writing instructor, and coach for over 20 years. For more information, you can go to tmdunnauthor.com. And today, our guest is Kate Brandt, author of Hope for the Worst, a novel published by Vine Leaves Press. Kate Brandt's work has appeared in Tricycle, The Buddhist Review, Literary Mama, the Westchester Review. She teaches adult literacy students in New York City and lives in Westchester County, New York. Visit katebrandt.net to find out all the great stuff about her life. And Kate's book, um, Hope for the Worst, has some wonderful reviews. Uh, Joan Silber, author of The Secrets of Happiness and Improvement, said, what an extraordinary book Kate Brandt has written. Hope for the Worst is a tale of high ideas and high longing with an untrustworthy guru and New York in its most desperate years. I love the wild turns the story takes in the Himalayan edges of Asia and the dangers the writing leads us through. It's a riveting book that will make its mark on all readers. Hope for the Worst asks how far we will go for love and what happens when we reach our limit. The question that we usually ask What was your path to publication? Thanks for asking, Pat. I want to second how wonderful it's been to be in our writing group for all these years. And for anyone who is starting out or in the middle of their uh, journey to publication, having a great writer's group is one of the best things you can ever do for yourself. Um, In terms of my path to publication, I worked on this book for a very long time, for about 10 years. I have an almost full-time job. Uh, The pandemic allowed me to finish the book. I greatly relied on the writer's group for feedback. It was pivotal. Um, And I looked for an agent for a little while, but I found it demoralizing. So I I decided to follow Pat's lead, actually. She had just had her debut novel published uh, with a small press, and I decided to submit to small presses as well, and it's been a very good experience. Uh, Vine Leaves is very supportive of their writers. My developmental editor, Melanie Faith, was extremely respectful and gave extremely good feedback that really helped me bring the book up to where it needed to be. And how many small presses did you contact before you made? Quite a few. Mm-hmm. Pretty much all that seemed to fit and that were open. You know, I, yeah, I just kind of did mass submissions, to mm-hmm. be honest. That's the easiest way to do it. Yes. It's encouraging to people to know that, you know, you've, you've gone that route. Would you say 10 publishers or 20 or 50? Or? I would say between 10 and 20. Right. right. Um, and it was during the pandemic. So a lot of them were closed during the pandemic. So actually there's a lot more open now. I can see a lot of advertisements for openings. So I do encourage people uh, if they just want to see their 
work get out to readers um, and don't want to have to go jump through as many hoops, quite as many hoops, because first you have to find an agent and then your agent has to shop it out to all of the big houses. Um, And that can be very demoralizing. So Mm -hmm. um, I'm glad I went this route. And when you say um, adverts, do you mean like the classified section of poets and writers or... Where would people look? Yeah, so New Pages is a good place to look as well. Um, I can't remember where else I looked. Um, I think there's the, um, it's called CLMP. Do you know mm-hmm. what I'm talking mm-hmm. about? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. CLMP. If people yeah. Google that, they'll, yeah. it'll pop right yeah, up. Yeah, they list a lot of small presses. Yes, yeah. and so those are people who are actively looking, and so they're yes. placing these adverts, yes. so that's probably a good place to go. Yes, absolutely. Yes, rather than an old listing on Duotrope, perhaps, that's been sitting right. there for three right. years. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and yeah. also submittable. has yeah. a lot of advertising oh, right. for small presses as well. Yeah. Yeah. And then what was your process once you, what, you must have been thrilled to bits when you got that. Did, was it an email? You got an email? I got an email. It was a long wait between acceptance and publication. So it was actually a little odd because then it was like a year of kind of waiting around. Here again, if you can get a writer's group, get a writer's group because I don't know how I would have navigated this whole pathway without them. You know, some of the women in the group had already been through the publishing journey. Pat is one of them. Mm -hmm. She's been such a support to me, giving me a heads up about what's coming. I'm just wonderful. You are. You really, (laughs) truly are. You are too. Um, And um, one of the things that can happen with a small press is that, you know, they might not have a very big staff. So if you... Uh, contact someone who's been through the process, you'll have a heads up, Mm -hmm. you know? So for instance, they told me, get a headshot right away. Right. Uh, Start building your website, Mm -hmm. start getting on social media. I hadn't done any of those things. No, of course you were writing. You were focused on that. Right. And, And Pat Dunn is teaching classes. So just Google her. And, and none of this is secret information. You know, we're happy to share it with people. So come and join us, come and Come and learn with us. Yes. Yeah, be part of a community. Yeah, part yeah. of Westport Rights, part of Pat's classes. My yeah. classes. Yeah. But I want to ask you something about uh, a writer's group. So you're not talking about the typical critique group, but you're talking more like a That's writer's right. support group? That's right. So how is that different? Because a lot of people don't always That's a really sides. good question. I have to admit that when I first, the idea was first proposed to me a few decades ago, a writer support group. I was like, why would I need that? I'm just going to go home and write. And it has been life-changing for me. Uh, really, it's to have a group of women who support each other around their writing and who, very importantly, you can trust. Mm-hmm. So critique is maybe one aspect, but I wouldn't even call it critique. It's just you can trust the people in these group to be your eyes for you. For me, when I had done my best work and created the best draft I could, I knew that I could trust the women in this group to tell me what was working and what was not working and to also really help me figure out what to do next. Mm-hmm. You know, they didn't just say, this isn't working. They'd say, how about this? Or I feel like this character needs to do this. Or, And, you know, that was just 
such a help. Yeah, I think it's one of those big myths that people think that writers write on their own at home yes. and they don't have, but yes. this support is crucial. Yes, you don't do it alone. No. Mm-mm. Yeah. Or I, you can and just be miserable. Well, but, but you, you just can't, you can't. <laughs> Get the group, no. you know, source all that yes. information yeah. that you're talking about, yeah. the experience other people have had. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's funny because the first meeting, all of them were talking about another woman's book. And I was kind of freaking out, like, they're all writing her book. And then I came to realize how grateful I should be for that <laughs> um, because... Uh, there's things they can see, just like it's easier to edit someone else's writing oh, yeah. than your own. There's things they can see that you can't see. You're too deeply immersed in it. Yeah. And when you submitted to the small press that you did get the yes from, mm-hmm. how long was it between your submission and the yes You email? know, it wasn't too long, um, but it was the, the actual publication date was f- a bit far off. It was like right. a year and a half. Or right. maybe maybe possibly more. Yeah, that's pretty common. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But that's the to hard eighteen part. months for publication. Yes, so yeah. So I guess one of the questions was, what is the hardest thing about? Well, I was going to say it was the hardest thing about writing, but I know you were someone who wrote every day. Mm. Are you still doing that? Well, to be honest, I've stopped. Um, I think that. Uh, having to get ready to do all the book promotion is just such a different frame of mind. Different mindset. Mm-hmm. Uh, that I just couldn't do that and write and do my job. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, I've stopped for a while. I'm a person who doesn't really want to write unless I feel like I really have something to say. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of waiting to find out what, what the next thing is. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, it's worth taking that time to refill mm-hmm. the well. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and it's a myth that writers write every day. You know, look at professors who are teaching and they're too busy in their semester, mm. so they work at, yeah. during the holidays, the vacations. So a lot of people, a lot of my students especially, um, who are writing novels, write what they know, as they say, and a lot of it is autobiographical to some extent, and uh, is any of your book based on your real story? Absolutely, yeah. There's a lot of my book that's based on my real story. And did you have to fictionalize it in ways that you didn't expect? Um, Of course you have to fictionalize because real life is never as orderly as a story needs to be. You know, stories have certain requirements and um, you don't want to have extra characters or, and you want to have a story arc. So uh, yeah, of course I had to fictionalize um, but I would say the core, the sort of heart, what I would call the heart of the book, that's really taken very closely from real life. Okay. And you mentioned before that about depression. So. Yeah. So uh, you had asked me, you know, so what do you have to say in yeah. this book? So I would say two things. One thing is about depression. The narrator is very depressed. And, you know, depression is a very hard thing to explain to people. Uh, You know, there's, you're not a war refugee, you're not, you know, uh, in prison, uh, you're not really ill with cancer, but you can't get out of bed in the morning, you can't go to sleep at night, you can barely drag yourself through your life. And so it's a very, in a way, mysterious thing. Um, I wanted to convey what that experience is like when you're in it, it's very isolating And um, so I just, I wanted to sort of talk about that um, in the book. 
The other thing that I wanted to talk about is spirituality. So this book has very strong Buddhist themes. It's set in a Buddhist context. If I were going to explain it in one sentence, I would say it's a it's a Me Too book in a Buddhist situation. And um, I like that Me Too in the Buddhist world. In yes. the Buddhist the world, world, yes. Yeah. You know, I really did. Uh, gained some wisdom from the experience, and I did come to have more respect for the spiritual dimension of life. Uh, sometimes in white liberal circles, that's kind of looked down on, and I really uh, wanted to affirm it. Um, <clears throat> so that was one of the things that I wanted to talk about. I think your book is really successful at that. Thank you. Yeah. What is the hardest thing? I know you said that you're not writing much because of the mm -hmm. whole publication stuff, right. but... What has been the hardest thing, I guess, in your writing process? In my writing process? Uh, so the hardest thing, the thing that I struggled with the most was uh, the shape or the frame of the story. You know, a novel is like a house of cards. You know, you build up your house of cards and you think it looks fine. And then when someone says, well, this wall has to go, the whole thing has to come down again and you have to start from scratch. So... Um, you know, I had many different story arcs, and I wrote some of them to the very end until I got a little smarter and started bringing in the beginning to writer's group mm -hmm. um, to see if that was a good beginning. Um, but that was what I struggled with the most is how to frame the story. What we like to ask our authors, if you had to give them one piece of advice, what would you tell them? Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you sort of previewed that question to me because I thought about it. I think very early on, uh, right when I graduated from the MFA program, one of the things that I asked myself is, what is my strength as a writer? You know, people have different strengths as writers. Some people are very good at plot. I happen to be best at kind of self-examination and at creating an emotional mood. And I really struggle with plot. So once you know what you do well, try to choose stories that highlight that strength, that use that strength. Um, and, and um, you know, because that's what you have, that's what you can do well. Yeah, no, that's um, one advice that was given to me and that I try to pass on to students is we all know what we do wrong, but we never know what we do well. Right. And if we can yes. figure that out, we can yes. build off that. Yes, absolutely. And I will just say, you know, I teach adult literacy, so I'm teaching writing to students who really think that they are just dumb and they, you know, they can't write. They're always making excuses. I'm no good at it. So I think it's so important for teachers to tell their students what they're doing well, always. That's great. Our last thing, do you have any writing a prompt for writers that they can do to maybe, well, whatever it is that you think might right. help writers to get going. Yeah. Um, you know, since I don't teach creative writing, um, I'm just going to have to steal someone else's prompt that worked for well, me. Well, we all do. Yeah. Um, one of the prompts that I was surprised how well it worked for me was to write something in the second person. Oh. Um, and I was just surprised how much it opened up for me to do that. So talking to the you. Yeah. You, yeah. you know, sort of like the uh, Bright Lights, Big City, I think is written in second person. Yeah. Um, so I might not try to write a whole novel that way, but I think just as an exercise, for me, that opened things up. That's all we have time for today. 
But thank you so much, Kate, for sharing your wisdom and your experiences and just for being here. And thank you to the Westport Library for hosting this podcast and for all of those who are listening. This has been Go Ahead, Write Something. Remember, writing can be hard, but you don't have to do it alone. And we hope you'll join us next time.